What is best in life? You asking me? I'm asking you. <laughs> like, oh shit, it's one of those uh, uh, rhetorical questions. What is best in life? I don't know, because it's... I, I'm thinking having just a day where you don't have to do anything would be would be best, but then you get bored and then you're like, man, I wish I had a bunch of shit to do. Wrong! Oh, fuck, there's an actual answer? Crush your enemies. Ah, shit. See them driven before you. I should have known. And to hear the lamentations of the women. Lamentations. They don't need to lament. I think men. Women- I think men are lament. There's more lamentations of men now than women. I would say. Well, maybe, but I think. What is lamentation? <laughs> is that just like? That's basically boohooing. <laughs> yeah, like oh, woe is me. Like, yeah. like oh, woe is me. Oh, for sure. Men, like regretting. I think men are way. Yeah, there's a lot of men who are just oh, woe is me. Oh, there's more women in movies now. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about that actually because uh, I paid a lot. I paid an unhealthy amount of attention to social media, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to entertainment, because that's what most people are into. That's what I'm into. It's a good distraction. Yeah, it's too much of a distraction. But I always wonder, like, who is the real audience? Like, arguing here, like, it's it seems like it's mainly mainly like single white guys yeah yeah single (laughs) white guys yeah they've nothing better to do well that like i mean part of that is not entirely their fault they're the largest demographic right so like obviously that's gonna be the largest number statistically but also i think that's where the emotional damage meme comes into play (laughs) you know i don't know that maybe that's just the algorithm telling me that because nothing is like genuinely random anymore yeah which is i think that upsets me the most about Social media is how all, it's, it's just knowing to yeah. meet your specific likes, like TikTok, you know, it'll work out. Oh, this is you like these videos will give you more of that, which then is like, what if that's what life is like? What if that's what like whatever this 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 entity that's running all of this shit? What if that's the same thing? Like, oh, you know, maybe maybe your life is the same way. It's an algorithm that's controlled. I by actually a, think a wizard in, uh, who lives on planet, you know, Jardin. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's true. I don't think I'm, there's. Any evidence or reason to believe that's that? That's what I believe. So okay, you have to respect fine. that. I don't have to respect Actually, don't anything. Have to respect I, want. To, I don't even have to Pat accept Oswald it. Oswald had a great thing about that. He's like, he's like, I, he, well, he's like, I don't have to respect it. I will acknowledge that you believe that, but I do not have to respect that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's all a lot of people need to recognize. Like, yeah, you can acknowledge something, you don't have to respect it. Well, that's that's. I mean anything with social politics and, and i just hate all these terms too there's way too many new terms and 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 hijacked terminology in our current language right especially in the west because that's all i know anyway i don't know what it's like anywhere else in the world but we just like who gives a fuck like what what you believe over what i believe why is that i mean there, there's moments where that's interesting and maybe even important but generally speaking who gives who gives a shit well it's because i'm insecure because i have this belief about a wizard named jardar who lives on a you know or lives on planet jardar and controls the algorithm of our lives and i'm embarrassed that no one else believes that cuz i really believe it and if i no one else believes it then clearly it's it, it's like the uh you're all, you're crazy alone yeah the more people believe in it the more power it's like the american gods that's that story by uh, what's his name neil um I always forget his last name, Grissom or whatever. The where the the American gods are like these gods that came over to the New World, and the ones who are believed in are stronger, more powerful. So in the story, have you ever read it? No, American but it, gods, I like oh, what I'm hearing. So good. So you have like Odin, and he's not as powerful as he once was because less people believe in him. But then you have like a god of like television and a god of electricity and like modern gods that are super powerful because everyone's on their phone. So that god of that kind of realm is more powerful. So you have them fighting against 
the old gods, like Egyptian, there's Egyptian gods, all these gods that people like the immigrants brought over with them. So by believing in them, they gave them power and they came over to Well, America. the original Marvel Universe is gods. I mean, the, yeah. the pantheons of old, right? Like you said, the Egyptians, yeah, Thor, the Greeks. Yeah. I mean, that, that's Hercules, what they are, superheroes, right? Yeah. But that's also why I like the Greek and especially the Norse because they're so, they're so human-like. They're so man-like. You know, yeah. and, and like what you were talking about, my favorite, um, one of my favorite movies is Eric the Viking. And one of my favorite parts of that movie is when they go to meet the gods, they're all children. Like, they're intelligent and they speak, they articulate their words you know, and thoughts well, but they're kids. That's why they're yeah. so reckless and, and terrible and torturous, because yeah. they have no moral compass. It's like they haven't developed ants, essentially. Well, what, what is a god yeah. other than a, a child with too much power? I mean, you yeah. can even see on Earth what that, that damage is done True. with that, you know? Oh, wow, I never even thought about <laughs> That's, like that. Yeah, I, that. But that what you said made me think of that. So, like, if there's a god of electricity and electricity is not perfect and it fucks up all the time, yeah. well, that would be why yeah and i think that was it in the story too or, or there was a sh- they made a show of it too and i think yeah i think that you know the, the god who was electricity was like some bratty like 15 year old kid kind of thing but yeah i think so like the more people believe in something the more it seems powerful so when then someone doesn't believe in what you believe unless you're really strong in your convictions i think you get insecure and then that's when uh all the issues come how much of that do you think is um what's the proper word here like perpetrated or, or rather motivated by popular movies popular media because i i tend to believe just to quickly say i tend to believe that a lot of what we think is real or historically true is because of the movies we see i oh, mean yeah. i mean, when people argue they reference a movie it's like dude that that wasn't real it's like you know yeah. braveheart or even now that the oh braveheart, the, the, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. one with Jesus viola Christ. davis that's under a lot of um yeah the, scrutiny i was now. talking yeah my wife about that the the, the king's uh the, the woman king the woman king yeah which is yeah hilarious now that a lot of people are, are protesting it because it's about a tribe that actually enslaved a lot of their one fellow of, one africans of, not and sold just them to the, the yeah and Europeans. just like one of the most brutal and like murderous and yeah. torturous tribes and which they made up weird. characters like, they didn't think about yeah. that before they started to make that like <laughs> in this climate yeah it's like i'm all for like empowering you know movies that are about you know uh, female empowerment and stuff but like yeah they didn't really think maybe people would do the research and who knows maybe it's once again a bunch of white single men who like looked and maybe found like one example of I that know, tribe yeah. selling people to slavery but i had heard that before in history class in high school that that a lot of the you know that my one of my teachers pointed out he's like you know there there were white European slavers, but I mean, they were up against a huge native population in Africa, so they clearly needed to have some help. Who would help them? Same thing with the Native Americans in, in the U.S. He was, and once again, this is a white, probably single male history teacher. So who knows what he was? If he what he was saying, was yeah. Accurate. But I, let's not use that as a credit card to, to denigrate, because yeah. a, a, an intelligent or educated person who knows what they're talking True. about, it's, who gives a shit, right? But then, know, but even the, the, I mean, it makes sense. Like if you go, if like so, putting Native Americans or Africa aside, like if I go to uh, a foreign planet and there's a whole bunch of these, you know call them once again jar jars or sarsars or whatever star wars but like and i want to try to control them i'm gonna find ones that are like loyal or more like apt to work with me to help me control the other ones right or to subjugate the ones yeah and in the case of africa i guess some tribes because you know they there's still people who live there so clearly the white europeans didn't take all of them over so someone had to help them out that's a huge miss i mean that again i had a great history teacher in middle school even um, I think in eighth grade it was I forget his name, but he he, he talked about it. He's like slavery starts with your neighbor, not with the yeah. not, not with the nation next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like who's literally neck who's near you that you can subjugate to do. That. Yeah. And what's crazy is that not only is slavery still alive today, but it's always been a part of human history. 
Yeah. There's something about goes, us. Yeah. Isn't that strange? Mm-hmm. It's so dirty. Like, that's got to be the, the biggest Romans stain on our, Egyptians our did you know. It. I mean, it's, yeah. I, it's literally every civilization. Like, anywhere you go in the world. Now, it even yeah. exists today. It's just not as apparent. And, and you want, and you can argue that, you know, debt is slavery. Like, our current, you know, the, the way the economy works is, like, if I'm paying off something or, you know, my mortgage, it's like I'm in debt to someone. So, in a way, I guess I'm a, oh, I'm a willing slave. Oh, yeah. I'm voluntarily enslaving myself, I suppose. But it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that's. Well, that's, when I was in grade school, the, I'll never forget that when I learned the term indentured servitude, right? Yeah. Ind- indentured servant. I had ancestors. I thought, that, boy, that's, that, that yeah. sounds, even to me at the time, I'm like, that sounded like such a politically correct term. Like, what does it mean? So the way our teacher described it, I'm like, okay, so me, a laborer, that's basically, so it's just a slave with clothing and a badge yeah. and a, and a, and a license. You know, it's like yeah. things were given to him. That's when they realize, ah, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't just beat him up and make him live in fear all the time because they tend to revolt and exactly. become unruly. Let's yeah. just give him too much. And then they'll be unlikely to revolt because yeah. they'll think they have too much to lose. Which then look at our we have social media, That's we have where movies, we, live. we have video games, we have all these things to sedate us and make us just be like, oh well, you know, oh wow, that was really messed up what just happened with the government. But hey, there's a new Assassin's Creed coming out, so I'm, <laughs> it's, you know. I'll be fine. I'll get through it. Yeah, and it's and it's hard. What do you do? Because even I was thinking about this. I know people get all hard on themselves about being on their phones and social media and stuff, but. Even if you don't have that, like if you're just reading books all the time, I mean, books a hundred years ago. I mean, if you watch like uh, it's a weird example, but like Beauty and the Beast, everyone's giving Belle shit because she's reading her books and she's got her head stuck in those books. That was kind of a thing where it's like, oh, if you read all the time, like you were, you know, you're just like wasting your time reading. Whereas now reading is considered like, a, oh, you're very smart. Oh, you're a I was, intellect. I was insulted for on in an online game this is you get insulted on online pvp games all the time that's my favorite place to troll because it's so toxic i mean if you want to if you want to really know how toxic kids are player versus player right so yeah it's basically that's what it is um but anyway i got insulted because i was properly typing (laughs) Uh. (laughs) And, and capitalizing my words but no you just touched on something so beauty and the beast right i was introduced to that story um Technically, as a TV show first in the 80s, and then I saw the Disney movie. Oh, I know there was a TV show. Yeah, there's a TV I'm show. Sure it's, it's with Ron Perlman. He plays the Beast. What? And uh, what's <laughs> her name from um, the Terminator who plays Sarah Connor? She played Linda Hamilton plays okay. Beauty. What? And it's set in like a modern 80s like time. It's actually, it was pretty Ooh. good. Yeah, you should check it out. But huh. the reason I brought it back into the conversation is because... I, I think I have an unpopular opinion about this, but it logically makes sense to me. I think the real monster... Uh, the real villain is the beast, not Gaston or or the people of the village. I think the beast, the prince himself, he's still a piece of shit. Because I mean, think about it. What what in his sentencing, his 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 curse, technically disciplines his humility? Nothing. He oh. still has all the same powers. He he just isn't attractive anymore, right? Yeah. But he can still take and do what he wants. That that in a bit the inability to to fight desire and temptation because he lived in opulence and in access yeah. that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. If anything, becoming a monster, in my opinion, made him worse, like mentally. Yeah. Right. And I guess immortal to some degree. I don't know how that works out, like how yeah. old he is in the storyline. Yeah, I try not to think about it too much. I do, dude. So that's what I want to talk about today. Actually, is movies because I yeah. love diving deep into fantasy and lore right yeah. and i know like i always make the joke like yeah we're gonna fight over we're gonna argue probably but over what something uh, the guy made up in, during his morning yeah, shit you know up. what i mean then now he's world famous like you know yeah it's like harry potter you know what i mean how many people argue over harry, harry potter yeah, storylines that shit on a napkin when i know she started like it's yeah 
And now, you know, now her fall from grace. I don't even follow all that stuff. Oh, she that's, that's that's all. Well, that's the hard thing to too, and that's always what I'm trying to come to terms with the whole separating the artist from the artistry. I guess. Yeah, I don't know like I can't term. stand Robert De Niro. I probably wouldn't like him as a person. I don't like his politics. I don't like this the his rhetoric and you know he's to me he's another Hollywood leftist that just says stupid shit. Yeah. But I like a lot of his movies. You know. And that's what's so weird about the last hundred. 200 years like if you go back to the beginning of i mean when theater and just the idea of performing in front of people even if you go back to like when people were just in little tribes thousands of years ago yeah you know you're performing the the and as a performer it's like the whole point of it is you're transcending who you are and you're becoming something different so like when i perform it's like i'm not i'm me but i'm me portraying something differently so it shouldn't matter who i am as a person i that thought doesn't, that doesn't matter anymore so all these right. celebrities who were it's it's like they're famous because just of their performances but also then who they are and their opinions and it's like that's it's just so weird to me that's not really what it was supposed to be i thought that was a conversation like you said i thought we established that and yet now actors and actresses that's why there's so many memes about black mermaids because people are were attacking whitewashing right that's what they were calling it with like you know it's another term for blackface basically when a white actor plays you know an indian or uh whatever but that, like you said, it's called acting. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is you, you, you're, you're the vessel for the story, and that's the all that matters. The, yeah, yeah, that's all that matters to me. Is is like you said, the vessel for the story. So, how do you feel about that, though? Because I think it's just it, to me, it's more woke SJW bullshit. Like leave leave that alone. A part of art, part of art alone. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing is representing things that are different about ourselves because that's yeah. why we're they're acting in the first place, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it. I I feel that it's. Whoever writes the story, whoever the story creators are, you know, it's up to them what they want to do. And if they want to do something because they think it'll be more popular or they want to do something because they just feel that that's what they feel would be the best story. It's hard because when you you throw money into the equation and now they're trying to make more money, how do we make more money? Because you have the producers and then you have the directors and the writers. You have the people who are thinking about the money aspect, which you need them because if you didn't have them, there'd be no money to make the show. Well, that's the base. Isn't it fucked up that this is the basement of... Any argument that shows up, it's it's still money. Yeah, it's money versus creativity, <laughs> and it's that constant battle. So you know all, the, and I, I I'm so like done with the term woke. I'm trying to like just not use it anymore because I feel like it sometimes it just it, it encompasses too much, and it's kind of a it, it's just as bad as like the term. It feels like it's like the term bigot. It's like just such a throwaway kind of thing. So I try not to really use it anymore. But the I, like being inclusive is is fine, and like mm-hmm. I, you know, and and you know, having different colored actors from you know what the original cartoons were, like that's fine too. And, and if if they feel that that is a better way, or it can put a new light on the story, it's like with Shakespeare. There's so many different ways you can do that one story, uh, I, except I though like Othello. There are certain ones where like Othello, like if they tried to cast Othello as a white man, that would be like. No, because clearly he's you know a more in the story. Like, well, there's, wait there's a certain minute. things where Let's it's see. specific, but like the Little Mermaid, it doesn't have to be. There's nothing that says it has to be. And even if no. it does has to be, it's like well, just. I mean, if ultimately I don't have to see it if I'm not interested. And if they want to make it to be more inclusive and to try to get a different audience to see it who maybe never saw it before, it's like okay. <clears throat> there's thousands of things out there I can you know watch something out. It's just once again these angry single white men. <laughs> Who are for some reason upset? I feel bad using because, that as an example. Well, you know, yeah, because you could say, well, that's racist. Maybe it's not just single it white is, men. It is. It is. Okay, yeah. maybe let's just make it even more general. Single men. <laughs> so I saw something too where uh, 
Oh, what is the some statistic where there's because like women now have higher standards for men or or and and not even higher standards like unreasonable just you know they feel like they should be treated respectfully because of that the dating like dating numbers have dropped because women are getting pickier and men you know men who just always thought they could just be who they are and I just, think the woman has to deal with it it's changing so now there's actually less people dating or there's less like relationships being started well because- that is definitely on a decline so there's a few statistics I because I I'm interested in that too yeah and something I listen to different people on it and I try to get like different takes right because mm-hmm. a lot of the conversation when it comes to that especially about masculinity which is essentially what we're talking about now um, is men in defense of it right if, whether they're MGTOW or whatever yeah they're in defense of it and and I and I lean that way because I am a straight man in defense of masculinity, right? So, but I, the reason I'm saying it that way is because I think there's more, there's more at play there, I think. I think some of the points I read that made sense to me, um, is that you have more women because of women's rights and feminism and, and, and f- fair play, right? Which I agree with as a, as individuals, as just human beings, we want things to be fair, not equitable, but fair. The chance should be the same. The yeah. outcome should not be the same, right? Because we want excellence, right? We want to know what yeah. is the best, what we can learn, yada, yada. So, okay. But that also means that more women working and more women independent who don't need men to survive or to, bu- to build to a life. Settle. They don't need to settle for some. That means they're also man. competing with men. And I think yeah. a, what get what gets lost in that argument, especially with masculinity, is that we seem to forget that men compete with men. Like, let's not forget we're not a tribe no. where we all oh, disagree. Yeah. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. So um, women are still pretty much new to that because most of human history, it was men competing with men for the world, yeah. right? For power. Now... It's much different, especially in the West. You have women competing with men for power. Mm-hmm. And I think women have, I mean, the odds are just against them, right? I don't think it's its um, always on purpose. I'm sure sometimes it is. Like, it has to be, right? Like anything, there's always that variable. Well, like you said, too, uh, with men competing with men, there are also women competing with women, too. And, you know, there's these course, internal yeah. struggles. And then the tribe will unite to, you know, fight the, the enemy. But then, you know, once the enemy's gone, then it's the internal struggle. Well, we're, we're predators, and I... I I guess another unpopular opinion I have, at least I did when I was talking with someone else about it the other day from another podcast, is that I think of humans as predators. And I don't have a problem with predation. I have a problem with oppression. But I don't think we live solely in a state of oppressor and oppressed. That That's very much like the woke or the, the progressive, the, uh, you know, the left argument is that that's the world, right? Mm-hmm. The oppressed and the and the oppressors i don't agree with that i think it's what's more more of what's going on is just predation it's just we're predators and predators do what they take what they need and they defend their own mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty much the, how i see the world personally yeah but i think that plays in that's still part of who we are like we have this really awkward reality that we've created for ourselves right and now we're networking everything we do is networked Right. Where where's your privacy? Really, where's your privacy? Yeah. You know, if you lay down at night facing your phone and it's off, it's watching you. Yeah. It's listening, it's listening to you. Yeah. It's measuring everything around it. Like that's and then that that's a fact. Yeah. Like it is doing that. So I don't know. But anyway, I feel like we're getting a little off course here. I do want to talk more <laughs> about movies today. Yeah. Um and especially storylines. So I've been watching uh I started watching the House of Dragons. All right, and the, let's go. And the Rings of Power. I, yeah, I haven't caught up. I am so I had okay. I'll okay, be honest. We can agree the House of Dragons better than Rings of Power, right? I to me they're they're equally as bad or boring. Woo! Because 
I, here's here's the thing. I mean, I came in, I missed the first two episodes of both, right? But I've watched up until then, so I'm not like I'm fifty fifty, whatever. Yeah. And I guess even though my expectations my expectations were lower mm. for um for Rings of Power than House of Dragons, and here's why: because I feel that there was so much backlash over the season eight for Game of Thrones right. that they would take that into account, whoever the new writers and producers were, and they'd say, you know what. We want to avoid that, right? We want to avoid Starbucks cups in the scenes and shit like that and protests of any kind because we want to make money. And I don't feel like that translated <laughs> because especially this last episode, oh my God, it was literally, I mean, if I had to pay to watch it, I would have been pissed because it just seemed like a waste of time. I'm going from bedroom to like scene to scene talking about a wedding. The whole show, there was just an hour talking about a goddamn well, when you wedding. summarize it like that, yeah, of course. Well, it would mean when like... I well, that that is one way to summarize. That is literally what happened. And then it ended in a really weak, like a really stupid, badly lit like wedding hall with a really dumb well, brawl they, they, that made they don't no have sense. Electricity. Of course, it's badly lit. You, just candles. What do you mean they don't have electricity? This is all made up. They got dragons, so they can have whatever the fuck they want. If they can have dragons, they can have they can have dragon the fire, can neon lights. Yeah, what the fuck? That would have been cool. Like if there was a a like a balcony in the hall, the hall was bigger, and there was like a like a youth, like a young dragon up there, just kind of just like casually blowing a flame out and just like lighting the whole place out. That would be cool. That's expensive, man. And it's funny. It's interesting because I'm I haven't looked it up, but I. I don't. I think the House of the Dragon budget is less than Rings of Power. Oh, significantly less. Which is just the just the guts of the Rings of Power people to like put that much money into it, thinking they had like a sure thing just because it's got Lord of the Rings on it. Like, man, because even House of the Dragon that was a gamble after the sour taste that season eight left in everyone's mouth. That you know it was even bold of them to be like, well, let's try something else. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed it, and I think yeah, sure, yeah, there are. Some episodes like this was this last episode was I I you know I like to see the action so that whole fight during like the wet or the wedding or the banquet you know that's when I get excited oh, okay we're fighting oh there's stuff that there's conflict there's but there's even in that episode I mean there was oh was it that episode or the one before where there's been like riveting scenes oh that's the episode before where uh um um what's his name Viserys has that whole scene with Otto Hightower where he's basically kicking him out as he's King. yeah he's taking away just the hand great yeah. actors in a room together just. And the, I, I, I feel like the writing is better on this than it was in those last, like that last season of Game of Thrones. But the the thing that they're able, just with Game of Thrones, I've always enjoyed is the the political side of things. And the yeah, it's talking about a wedding, but it's there's so many other factors, and you know, the, 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 literally a Game of Thrones. I, I think. Whereas it's- Rings of Power to me just is like they can't get away with just a lot of talking, a lot of slow scenes because it's just like. They just, especially now that it's not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, it's a complete, I, that's what I have to keep reminding myself. It's a different universe. I Because I, when I first watched it, I'm like, oh, this kind of is like, the, no, it's not supposed to tie in. It's its own thing. So stop trying to like compare it in my head, which is hard because Peter Jackson's is, that was Well, I also one. think that a big mistake, and this just seems like it's going to keep happening, is that some stories just aren't fit or well fit for a TV show or a series as opposed to a, just a movie yeah. or a series of versa, movies. Too. Yeah, no, some, I, I totally some agree. Some movies should have been, a, you know, like Harry Potter. I mean, honestly, with the budgets they have now, that Harry Potter have should have been a TV awesome show. Awesome TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I think, in fact, I probably would have liked it because I'm not really a Harry Potter fan, but I bet you I would oh. have liked it. Well, 
look, I when I watch a movie, I'm basically Sherlock Holmes. Like, but as a writer, well, so if you I'm, watch Sherlock Holmes, I, well, yeah, the, even then, like I'm like I I will. If did it's, you ever see that the Benedict Cumberbatch show? I did watch some of it. Yeah, yeah. it was all right. I thought that it was well. Again, it's very well acted. Um, but a lot of times, a, a good actor isn't gonna necessarily save the interest of the plot. He's just going to carry his character as best he can. Like Adam Driver. Adam Driver is an excellent actor, in my opinion, oh, and yeah. performer. Oh, yeah. His his character in the new Star Wars films is fucking terrible. I cannot stand his weak Darth Vader, his emo Darth Vader. I cannot stand it. But, man, does he try his best to really deliver on these weak lines and these weak emotions and these weak activities of his character. Yeah. So I give him lots of credit for that. Like that To me, it actually makes him like him more. You know, in that his career is okay. Like he's been doing fine, just fine since oh, yeah. then. Whereas a lot of the other actors in that movie, it's like boop, like John Boyega, Daisy Ridley. I haven't seen them really doing anything, which is unfortunate. That you know, because he was also just kind of a you know new person. He had he was in a show called Girls on HBO, really good in that. Mm. Just a very that's I think the first thing I ever saw him in. You kind of see him and you're like, wow, he's so like visceral and just makes these weird choices that are just very unique to just who he is and and he's a good example of using himself in the character but yeah i feel like with with uh yeah kylo ren it's just like it's always hard too because when you see a movie or a show it's there is a big the director does have a big role so if you have a good director who can help you get there that always helps oh i agree because it's not always just because like when an actor wins best actor it's like there's so many other people well i mean director yeah i mean a lot of these people have acting i mean javier bardem they they have acting coaches or in his case you know also a dialect coach to teach him you know make him help him speak english better um it's a whole team you know that goes to making it or even like uh you know christian bale went in for a role where he lost like 80 pounds like you know he probably had a a doctor a nutritionist people that you know help him guide him you know to lose the weight and and, you know they, they have a whole team so it's always funny when it uh, and I think usually they're good at thanking people, but well, I think like you I, like you said, with the, the director makes a huge difference to me. I think, the, the, in my opinion, the main role of the director is not necessarily to keep the project together, even though logistically that's what he is doing, but also or she or well, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say it. I'll just choose one or the other. So <laughs> I'm gonna say he, and because uh, my favorite directors are male, at least for the most part. Um, but like with Peter Jackson, with like especially the Lord of the Rings movies, you really feel almost like you're just this entity, this god that just comes in from the sky to witness a, a summary of all these events that took years. And you know, there were I'm sure there were lots of courtroom, you know, conversations in a Game of Thrones political you know, intrigue. But you, you're not exposed to every minute of that, yeah. right? Whereas like, but you can get away with that in a big movie because you have a budget specifically designed to blow up your effects. And it's only two or three hours, so you gotta cram right as much as. And you that can. makes it more interesting. But when you shove that, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter that you have because obviously it doesn't matter they spent what almost 300 million on the actual production from from uh, i'm just going ballparking the figures yeah, i saw online like that, yeah. but over a billion in total that means they spent double at least double on the marketing yeah it's insane so that didn't it didn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah because i think the billion i think the billion was to buy the rights to like the appendices. can you imagine the ip the appendices yeah. even not even the whole yeah. 
I, they don't even have the Silmarillion, like, so they couldn't even really show a lot of the cool shit like Morgoth and stuff. Yeah. I think Rings of Power, the first like five minutes was cool because you know that's why I loved about Lord of the Rings is that first five minute prologue, yeah, just setting it up, showing you some of the history, the immersion, and showing you some cool imagery. And that's what Rings of Power had that whole the dragon biting the eagle and the eagle plummeting into the fire. I was like, what? And then all the dead bodies floating with the red light and the water. I was like, show me more of that. And I haven't watched recent episodes, so maybe they have flashbacks to that. But like, I haven't seen it now. But yeah. like that, like show me that like show me cool stuff like that and then yeah and then they had there's some prophecy imagery but it's nothing as cool as that no way yeah yeah no that was i also you know i don't know how you feel about this but i have in general i have a problem with like origin stories like backstories that are just unnecessary to me and even though i read i used to own the book the cimmerillion um, I didn't really find it that interesting. Like it, it, it didn't help. It didn't help. Read it, huh? I don't even know if I read it. it I, it's weird because it's more like a notebook. It's not really yeah. like a story. Like parts of it um, are shaped like a story, or, or you can see like he's starting to form. It's really just a notebook. So it's like a history. It, it is. It's and just, that's what yeah. like Fire and Blood is. What they based House of Dragon off of is the same kind of thing, where it's just more of a, a textbook, like a history book. Yeah, Supposedly, and it doesn't I, make I to me. Either. Well, yeah, and it doesn't make. I don't read. Well, it doesn't make the character like the characters more interesting to me. Like Sauron, especially with villains, because I feel like the more mystery there is to an evil, the less, ter- the more terrifying it is, right? Because it's yeah. it, it, the unknown is scary. Well, that's why right? the helmets are cool. That's why Kylo Ren taking his helmet off after like seeing him only a few times like was so lame. Yeah, he should, you know, Darth Vader keep the helmet on for the whole time. Like, yeah, it makes the mystery of it. it's like it, Greek it, theater. Exactly, it's almost like there's a void of darkness behind yeah. that those eyes, yeah. and that's what made. The unveiling of the father at the end of Return of the Jedi. Man, I I love the original trilogy, the unedited before yeah. Lucas came back with his fucking magic wand. <laughs> yeah. I wish somewhere on a VHS tapes. I don't know if they exist anymore. My father had them like recorded before they were edited because you can't get them now. Yeah. But um. But yeah, like, the I, you know, and and there seems to be a trend where the origin story for every villain is just like a, a failed hero, and I'm I'm tired of that. Like. There is plenty of evil that is just fucking evil. It's yeah. no good. You know what I mean? From five years old. You know, yeah. it's like they, they were bad, you know? Yeah. And I'm okay with that. That's why it's it's kind of queer to me that, like, all these villains, like, really nasty villains, too. Like, the Joker movie, right? Everybody loves Joker. It's like, he's a fucking villain. He's a piece of shit. He's, you know, he causes all this terror. But yet, as much as I love, like, the recent Joker movie with, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, and they're making a sequel, oh, yeah. which I'm looking forward to, yeah. as cool as that sounds, it's like, they, they, they still, the trope is still that he's some kind of, like, dark hero, almost. Like, like yeah. society needs him. It's almost like a Batman. They're really kind of turning the Joker into a Batman-type character, and yeah. that's very bizarre to me. Yeah. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then you have, you know, the newest Batman, too. Like, the, the, the I think the whole idea of blending the line between good and evil hero and villain and seeing that sometimes a hero can do villainous things. Sometimes a villain can do good things or at least try to in the beginning. I think that's maybe just kind of modern society. People are trying to be less black and white because I think the black and white maybe is what has historically led to a lot of issues when there's absolutisms and then I don't even know if that's a word, but, uh, you know, saying someone is all evil or someone is all good. And now we're realizing, oh, it's like the yin yang thing where it's like, oh, there's good in all of us. There's evil in all of us. And just, you know, it's, it's like that whole uh, analogy of like the wolves and there's a good wolf and the bad wolf and the one that will 
win is the one you feed the most. So yeah, so the so it gives it, it, the concept. Then I guess you could say it's like who's driving at the moment, like yeah. the, the, so the you, devil like or the angel. So you you like more. I know you like the older movies where it's more clear cut. Like even Peter Jackson's trilogy, it was very clear. Sauron was a bad guy. Yeah. There was no redeeming qualities about him. Uh, but now when you know people analyze it more and they're like, well, Sauron just. I saw a comparison of Morgoth to Sauron, and it's like Morgoth just what was he just wanted? He was evil chaos. He just wanted chaos. Everything, no order, just chaos. It's all madness. Let evil reign. Just kind of survival of the fittest. What I'm doing with my garden currently. Just letting whatever grows, grows. <laughs> and Sauron secretly really, even though he was like his you know, lieutenant, his top guy, he didn't like that. He wanted order to the chaos. So his whole thing of, of oppressing and subjecting everyone in Middle Earth to his rule was to be more efficient. To have, you know, He didn't want to wait. He thought chaos was like a you know, waste of energy. Um, and I, you know, and, and you could apply this to any sort of leaders in the world. I mean, you, you know, Hitler, all these kinds of like dictators, you could argue that, yeah, maybe they just thought it would be more efficient to have everything be super or China, like have everything be super ordered, control everything. So you don't waste as much energy with all the chaos. But then it's, you know, you come to America and it's like, oh, chaos is beautiful. Let people just kind of, you know, do well, what the they benefit want. of evil is, is based on, I would say, whether you serve it or not. Right. I mean, technically, what a, technically you could, you, you know, you could make the argument that Hitler wanted peace. You know, he just wanted all of a, one type of person and government in order to maintain it, just like with your example of China. Yeah. So it's like if you fall into that, if you're a cog in that, then it might, maybe it seems wonderful to you. Yeah. It, it, it's only the, the true horror is only exposed if you're uh, you know, a victim of it. Right. Yeah. And I and I get that. Like, I'm not. As a person, I'm not wholly black and white. Not at all. In fact, I'm, I'm the opposite. That's why I'm very, I'm very centered. You know, I'm, I'm middle of the road on almost everything, and I'm always playing devil's advocate because I want to learn, right? What I may not have thought of, yeah. and I get that. Like, I, I, I don't have a problem accepting the fact that you know it's a gray area, and then there's a difference between uh, origins of evil and acts of evil, right? Because yeah. acts of evil, we all have acts of evil in our life or yeah. acts of sin, however you want to look at it. But origin of evil to me is uh, is the black and white, right? And I, what I guess what I, I bristle at is the fact that a lot of modern storytelling seems to excuse evil in yep. that fashion. I feel like it's being excused. Like I have to accept the fact that things are just darker than I than I, I shouldn't fight them. Like I can allow a little more evil in. I can allow a little more censorship of my liberty in. It seems like almost like a mannering. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's what uh, my brain kind of fights back on. It's like eh, not always. There's a black and white too. There's evil that's just origin of evil. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like what, because when you think about what's good, what's evil, I mean, it's, they always say every villain thinks he's a hero. You know, there's no, no one really goes around except well, for maybe like Iago and, or, or Richard III in Shakespeare plays where they're like, literally say, I will prove to be a villain. But even so, it's like, you know, they, I don't know. It's hard to think anyone really th- goes around thinking like, well, I'm not a bad in re- guy. not in reality, maybe because yeah. that that isn't how the universe works. But we watch movies because we don't want it. We want to see something that's that transcends reality. I, too. Right. So, yeah. I mean, so, like trying to reflect rea- modern society in these films and TV is it's it's interesting, especially when it's fantasy. Because mm. I know that was a big thing with Rings of Power. They wanted to reflect the modern world and show my di- more diversity of of you know the color of people's skins and their and their their appearance and stuff and. It's like, yeah, once again, the, the creators, they want to do that and the producers and all that, they think that that's maybe will, will re- speak out to more people. Like, you know, good for them. Um, but it's just, it's always interesting when like, it, you, you got Black Panther and Wakanda. I, Wakanda doesn't seem like a very diverse place. You know, no, and, and like how long before they make that diverse, before there's like Chinese Wakandans or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but it's like I watch Black that, Panther and I don't 
go, oh, I can't relate to this because they're all a bunch of people who don't look like me. It's like I, well, I can. That's the thing. I can understand the story, and I can, yes, I can like I get that. So it's always interesting when it when it's this. I guess some people would say forced diversity, but when they talk about reflecting the modern world, it's like, well, it's Middle Earth. It's not real, right? Like, but. There's a line. The, I think what you're talking about is there's there's a there's a, a line or a switch, however you want to look at it, um, as a metaphor between the character and a political statement. Yeah, and that that's where I agree. Like I don't like that. Like I didn't have a problem that Heimdall was black in the you know the Thor movies. I love I that. Know, What's yeah. his name? Um, or even in the yeah, House of Dragon. I forget um, his name. Chorus, He's an excellent actor. I love him. I loved him as Heimdall. What was his name? Oh, um, um, uh, Idris Elba. Idris yeah, Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah. yeah, but like him, and then in the House of Dragon, that character Chorus Valerian with the cool uh, seahorse symbol. Like yeah. you know, in the books or the whatever, everyone. I guess he's supposed to be white, but like. It's, it looks cool. It's badass with the white dress. Okay, but what about that, and His symbol too? is cooler, too. I guess his original symbol, symbol was just a seahorse. So they took it and made it like more of a sea, like... The masculine. Uh, they made it more... Serpent. Yeah, it looks yeah. way cooler in the... You know, so... But what about that, too? Like, how do you feel about that? Because I, I, I go back and forth, but generally I, I tend to agree with people that are like, you know, it's like if the character, even though he's made up, is written to be white or black or or female or whatever doesn't it doesn't it damage the character or or, or the or, or hurt the fans interest at least forget about any actual racism or anything you want to like apply to it because it's not always provable or true but don't you think it does hurt interest in the character when they just change it they pin it on a head just to kind of troll they're not really doing anything interesting like when they make a female thor if they make a black superman it's like okay maybe that can be interesting but you're not doing anything new with it you're just you're just painting that character a different race for no reason, just to be yeah. a, like, just just to ignite, like you know, uh, controversy. I guess like isn't that yeah. just trolling technically? Yeah, I mean it's. I guess it's just well, it's hard because when you've got especially when you got something like Lord of the Rings, House of Dragon, things are based off of books and people have read them and people have an idea in their head yeah. of what this person should look like. Obviously, no one's gonna all agree on what they look like. Sure. And some people made the argument that like in uh, Harry Potter, like Hermione, one of the major characters, like. I don't think any of those characters really are their skin colors ever described because yeah. like that what does that matter it doesn't really matter so some people because you know, like they did a play called Cursed Child which is like a sequel and uh, Hermione the actress was a uh, you know a black actress and people were like weird about that and it's like well who ca- it's I, you know, especially in the setting of a school, I think that's clever writing. I think what you where you put your characters makes a difference too, right? And even if you don't specifically say like uh, Hermione is white, if you put her in, you know. Uh, Anglo-Saxon times or something, and and she wasn't. I think that's what stands out because especially with Tolkien's writing. Because I was thinking about this last night actually while I was watching the last episode. Because one of the one of the dwarves, uh, Durin's wife, is a black woman. Yeah, and I, I it does stand out to me. It just kind of because right away your brain thinks, well, okay, then if there are, if dwarves are a mixed people then how come there aren't mixed dwarves you never you know why why aren't there children and then they and then when they do make the effort literally to make the white children, and black yeah so really yeah injury. why aren't they well, yeah mulatto it made no sense well with like chorus valerian and then his wife is uh you know white she's uh what's true her name? uh targaryen and then yeah. their, son, their son and daughter it's valerian and targaryen and right yeah yeah and it's once again trying to make it still realistic but that, that but actually makes more fantasy. sense to me but that's a thing like cognitive dissidence and our um a suspension of belief right suspension of disbelief rather mm-hmm. uh, that matters towards the interest of the story because you are spending your time to sit down to see what artistically is being done and if it's less art and more statement yeah. don't you think i mean i feel like that's less interesting yeah well, I, I mean just to put it in, a, in lighter terms i mean just well just the history of performance and theater and 
I mean, you go back to Shakespeare. I keep using Shakespeare as an example, but even Greek theater. Mm. Theater has always been political. There's been, there have always been poli- oh, that's, a yeah, lot of what Shakespeare doubt, did yeah. were, were political statements that he secret he, he he disguised in his you know words and his the way he did things. But I think theater has always been political. And now in the last, it's just so crazy because thousands of years it's just been theater, theater songs, you know, skits, uh, morality plays, and only in the last. I mean, when was the first movie? 1910? Not, not even 100 years. Yeah. And now we've got movies, TV shows, I mean, I guess podcasts, just all the social media in the last 100 years, as opposed to thousands of years of just theater. That's all. And now theater is kind of the thing that's dying. It's disappearing. You know, you have unique things like, you know, where we worked, where it was like a more live performance experience. Mm. Those seem to do better than like some random theater. You know, friends are doing a, a, a play in Chicago and it's like a it fits maybe 70 people in this tiny little room. And it's like, oh, our, yeah, we'd like 20 people see the show tonight. Whereas a small show where we worked, it was like, you know, oh, yeah, 250 people, small crowd. Um, so theater, it's funny, is dying. The thing that had been so prominent in human history, but I'm going all over the place. Yeah, it's always been, I think, political. So when people are annoyed that it, people put statements into this, it's like, well, if you're writing a story or especially if you're adapting something, you, I guess you want to kind of put a little bit of your own ideas into it. Although I saw an interview with Peter Jackson where way back from 20 years ago and they're asking him like, oh, so like, did you guys kind of like put your own messaging in here? And he was like, well, no, we just wanted to respect Tolkien and just do our best to portray what he wrote. Right. Which is an approach. You That yeah. that was his approach. That's one approach, was to, yeah. to take, to be loyal. Like as an actor, I always try to say every word exactly the way it is in the script. I never ad lib. I If I switch a couple of words around, it throws me off. I'm like, no, I got to do it exactly this way. Other people... They ad lib and they kind of take liberties with it, and I think that those are kind of the two approaches that people have to making something. So, um, and in modern day now, people I think are taking more liberties, and then that's when you get people who get sensitive because they read that book and they thought they should be that way. Um, it, it's like people who stick to the Bible and you have to do everything the Bible says, and other people who are like, "Well, you can interpret it. It's a it's a bunch of suggestions." And it's so. Do you ever feel? So, I mean. What's a good way to put it? I wouldn't say open-minded because it's not a proper way to say it, but would you say that you're – like what What are you sensitive to when you're watching a movie or a TV show? Like do you ever go, oh, that was stupid, or you actually get triggered and it upsets you that you saw something done a certain way. Does that ever happen? I'm trying to like think of the most recent thing, where like like Rings of Power. I'm trying to think of like what in that I kind of rolled – I you know, I'll like roll my eyes if I yeah, – but for me, because yeah. me as an actor, I, I – tend to look at the acting and so i'll be like i'm like especially if it's an actor i know i'm like uh, brad pitt and bullet train I'm like oh it's brad pitt i know that's brad pitt but i'm also watching it like oh brad pitt like making these choices as an actor oh that was a co- interesting choice oh like the way they choreographed that or they played that with the timing but it's it's hard for me to just enjoy it as like uh and and just give into the story of it and just be oh this is a i mean it, i had more ability like the highland concert that we went to last mm-hmm. week because I know I'm not really a, a which a was musician. amazing. Oh, it was great. I, I'm not really a musician. I don't really not really familiar with what they do. I'm I'm familiar with performance, so I could appreciate the performance of it. But like that whole time, I didn't look at my watch. The whole time, I was just completely in that experience. So I think sometimes the more you study something, the more it takes you out of it. Like you've seen so many movies, so I think for you, it's a lot harder for you to appreciate. Uh, a really Maybe. good because you. I think you look at the whole thing. I'm looking a lot of times just at the actor's performance. Well, that that is true. Sometimes I do catch myself doing that. Um, I what I pay what I've been paid. One thing I pay attention to is what rips me out of the immersion. 
Like what right, what, what triggers my ball. brain to start rewriting the script essentially? Because yeah. my brain loves that that that's like an eagle rush. It's like a dopamine rush for me. Like because like if I come up with like a better ending or a better or, or a better plot, then you know it's sort of like a, a weak dream that I might write a better story, right? Yeah. But it also then upsets me because I'm watching something that should be outdoing my brain's capacity for imagination because it spent all this money and had all these people on it, and they're doing these really trite or just you know silly things to just poke at me or to troll or to ruin even the story that I think could have been good or was good up to a point. So yeah, I do agree with that I, there, that does happen sometimes where like I'll overthink a movie and it will, it, it would probably ruin it for me. I'm trying to think of an example of, of, um, when that happened. One thing that I love is when this happens rarely, but when it, sometimes I'll watch a movie and I don't know why, but I didn't like it or I just really pay attention to it. And then I'll come back who knows how long after and I'll watch it again. And then I love it. Yeah, and it's it's just like it's I'm like how did I not notice this or how did I not notice this? It's like that was so well done. Like um, Watchmen is that way for me. Watchmen's one of my favorite movies now. I love Watchmen. I've rewatched it. I don't know how many times, but the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is so that's so dumb. This is so lame. For whatever reason, my brain just wasn't allowing yeah. the story to come through. And that's the thing too. Yeah, there's different times in your life where a story might hit you differently. Like I know because I you know, watching Lord of the Rings later in my life now, I I see things and I hear things and I interpret things differently than i did 20 years ago and i was oh yeah that makes a difference. you know 12 or 13 and i was you know obsessed with it and uh and that's that's good stories too stories that you can find something different in it and there's just so much shit there's so many shows there's so many movies it's so oversaturated right now and it, it's like overwhelming it's almost like the whole the uh, what i don't know what the term is for like the dilemma of choice where when you have too many choices you just don't make a choice because it's too you can't i don't know so who has the job i agree who has the job of of like wading through all these i mean there's shows even on like you know there's there's channels and apps i've never heard of or just recently discovered like this like this is like it's that's just called this tv or whatever and it has tons of this yeah this yeah what is that that's it it's like who's on first and it's got it has all its own unique shows you know and some of them have like really one was really bad badly named was called pitching a tent i was like do they know what that means (laughs) but or pitching tent something like that but it was like there's all these shows and actors like you know they're on tv technically they're on you know these like these small time stations or whatever these apps these programs but it's like you said it's so saturated even on like the major ones like amazon i mean there's so many shows and it's like who waits through that to try and find the talent maybe that's part of the problem no one is and we're just getting whatever hits the shit that hits the wall that sticks and and it's amazing because there's this many projects and yet still of all the you know actors in in this country in the world i mean it's some crazy like i think in sag like the big union for active film actors like less than one percent like work on a regular basis it's crazy. Even with all this stuff out here, there's still not a lot of work for actors, or at least regular work. Which you know, it's this is such a seems like such a interesting phenomenon. Like as someone who went to school for acting, and you know, the whole four years you're preparing yourself to basically try to do it full time, which is just it, it, it's so unreasonable. It to seems like such that. a hustle. Like you're just gonna hit the streets like a like oh, a yeah. blackjack. It's absolutely yeah. absurd. We graduated. There's like 20 of us in this you know respected theater conservatory. There's like fifteen. There's like twenty five others that are on our level of, of of quality conservatories that are also putting out twenty kids. And you do showcases. So you go to New York, you go to L A, you go to Chicago. They have all these agents and managers come and see you. And maybe like one kid in our class got something out of it. And you know, and he did a TV show for a season or two. And then like kind of, I haven't you know seen him do anything in a while. And he's a great guy, very talented. 
and good looking and it's just it, yeah you're just overwhelming the waters with with young actors and a lot of them just a lot of people who were in my class i mean i i could think of maybe me and like maybe two or three others who are still performing you know and of all of them i'd say i'm probably the only person who's like regularly performed since we graduated 10 years ago um but yeah just the the amount of projects out there is crazy but there's still way more actors and not enough to go and they just you know they'll, they'll hire people who are names because it makes more money you put brad pitt or will smith's name well i don't know about well it now, costs more money too put, right i mean there's a balance there yeah but it's uh, i forgot what i was trying to get at but the, yeah it's just there's there's too much stuff and it's so hard to even with podcasts i know joe rogan's always like oh dude. yeah i encourage everyone to have a podcast but it's like i I know me personally, I can barely keep up with just his podcast. It's hard to keep up with like multiple ones. If you think of it like an ocean, um, the water and, and like in tears. So like the ocean is like, you know, the lowest tier because it's the, it's the most saturated. That's where that's yeah. where we're at right now with this show. Right. Because we don't have we don't even have 500 weekly listeners. Yeah. Right. Which would be like the, the basement of like growing in a podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone. And now you see like I. Cause I studied a lot. I watch videos every day, and what I what can I do to like you know yeah. like push this, make it better, sound well, you need better. A famous friend, you need like, that. That's what that's what it comes down to. You can work as hard as you want. That's how Joe Rogan does but, it. He gets famous people, famous comedians who also have a following, and he did that ten years ago. And then listen, go back to his original episode. He's got thousands of episodes now. Yeah, his first episode is hilarious. His first few episodes, his first hundred, first three hundred. What did he do? He took anyone he knew in Hollywood, literally anyone, and he made he did he made the best move. He he just put a microphone in front of them and didn't edit them, mm-hmm. and that was boom. That was an yep. explosion. Yeah, you know, and that matters too. I mean, uh, just to like talk about I guess capitalism a little bit. Really, what capitalism is is like creating a new market or finding a new market. Right, it's one of those yeah. two things, and that's what these guys did. Like Joe Rogan, Mr. Beast, all these guys that were there in the beginning of YouTube. Even my, I have YouTube videos from like 2003 that I put up or 2004, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they've got several hundred thousand views. And I didn't think wow. anything of that back in the day. I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool. That many people watched it. Okay, nice. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, it didn't calculate. I wish it was smarter. Like I'm always behind. Yeah. yeah, but I was just you know in my 20s and I was just like you know, well, it's just it's just a novelty. It's not gonna. It can't make me money, yeah. you know. But had I clicked, had I had I dove into it back then instead of instead of now, I'd probably be a millionaire. I really do believe that. Yeah, who knows? In the multiverse, anything could happen. In the multiverse, yeah. You know, in the multiverse, you're a father of six right now. You know, and you have the three other, wives. The other problem too is that my vision is inappropriate in the senses in terms of goals for this because it's sort of the business like anything that's any business is highly competitive, which I guess is any business. You know, you want to shoot for the stars, so to speak, right? Because you want to push yourself to see what, how far you can go. What are your limits and and over what time and and work, right? But my goal with this is to just live off of it, you know, like just remain middle class. Like I don't want to overshoot it. I just want to do this for a living, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree, um, with famous people who say like, anytime someone tells you something that can't be done. That's that's just fuel for it can be yeah. done. You'll be the first. Yeah. I've I've always thought that way. So when I have other podcasters tell me like, oh, you're not going to make any money podcasting because you know they've got a thousand or fifteen hundred views a week and they don't make any money. It's like, well, you gave up. That's what that tells me. You yeah. gave up. Well, we went to an amateur comedian night uh, last Thursday and just seeing. I'd never really seen like amateur comedians because yeah. it's very interesting because you can see <clears throat> it was awful. I mean, I I'd never 
really seen people bomb before until then and you see that and you can tell the people who put some fucking prep into it and people who just figure i'll just walk up there and i'll figure it out and it really made me appreciate all the people i've seen who are you know professional touring comedians because like they put the work in they don't just think oh i'm talented i'll just figure it out like they put the work i mean one of the girls was filming her set so and she did all right and i was like okay well that's good she's filming it she's putting some fucking effort into Mm -hmm. it um, I kind of wish you'd seen some. One of the guys looked like you and Zach had like a son, and his name was uh, what was he? I don't want to promote him, but it was like Timmy Blaze, and he kept saying his name as a catchphrase, like in the in the thing. And, yeah. I, and he's like, "I'm selling stickers after the show." I'm like, it's what like the "Dude, fuck what are you, snake oil salesman?" Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to defame Timmy Blaze. If that was even, I don't remember his name. I think it, it doesn't Timmy, matter. Timmy Blaze or something. They're never gonna hear this. That's the thing. That's the kind of the nice thing about these. It's like, eh, no one's ever gonna listen. <laughs> Or they will, and then, they'll, oh, fuck, what did I say? I hope I sure said, didn't say anything stupid. Well, you know, I've thought about that, too, like, you know, because we've had some negative and, and mostly positive, but, you know, you get most of the negative when you when you get some fame, right? When you get some notoriety. Yeah. But I, in a weird yeah, no way, I'm looking forward to Joe it. Joe Schmo, who's, you know, no one cancels the angry, you know, single guy who's sitting at his computer writing angry comments, you know, and no one cancels him. It's the just, algorithm does. That's the thing that scares me the most is yeah. that like, oh, yeah, like on TikTok or um, I don't know about Instagram, but definitely TikTok and YouTube. Um, I've had comments just auto deleted. They weren't even deleted by the author of the video. Right. And I How say all know? kinds of wild shit because it, it, they get deleted. They're not there anymore. How do you know it's not the author, though, who does it? Because when it's deleted by the author, it tells you that it was removed by the author. Oh, really? And there's different ways to get around. There's even there's even Chrome apps that will show you the the analytics of that because oh, it can be tracked. Yeah. But of course, YouTube isn't going to tell you that. YouTube uh, won't even show you down likes. You have to download an, an app, an extension on Chrome that shows you how many people down liked a video. I noticed that, yeah. It's just so like you that, that's like why I have now. that on, on my Chrome because I want to know. I don't like that being censored. I don't yeah, like that being weird. hidden. Yeah. Well, because they're like, oh, you're just like with the Lord of the Rings stuff, all the reviews, oh, people are just trolling it and bombing it. And it's like, well, once again, that they have the freedom to do that. Like, even if they never saw it, yes. they can still say it But they sucks. have the money and the power to protect their interests, so they're going to yeah, do it. Which is crazy. Which is shitty. I know. Yeah, but that's, that's real. That's really revealing the. I think Amazon's that's the biggest. Well, stuff. Like, that's some real. We moved shit. our public forum into private hands. That's a big mistake. Yeah. And it wasn't done by accident. They knew what they were doing in the early days of the internet. You know what I mean? I mean, why else would the? Why do you think the internet was free? I mean, technically, its access is cheap or nearly free, right? Yeah. Whereas in other countries that have strict control over it, you know, they're even more limited to what they could see. I mean, in, you know, like in South Korea or in China, they they don't even know what's going on in, in a lot of the world. And most of the people there, from what I I hear, yeah. so we don't want that. But at the same time. I don't know. That's a very we. That's a totally different like topic to to get into. But um, I you love. You can't stick to one topic. I know. Well, that's that's the beauty of conversation, right? Is that you just kind of you swing at whatever you know is thrown at you. Yeah. No. It's definitely. <clears throat> yeah. With podcasting, especially, it's just like how do you, how do you stand out? How do you? Because even if you know. You, and do, really, what does that mean? Do you like? Yeah. I'm sorry. To I mean, the only way you can stand out is you put a pair of boobs on the on the cover, maybe, and people are like boobs. What's this about? And then it's like, oh, it's just two dudes talking. Uh, it's hard because Joe Rogan. I think it's with Joe Rogan. He makes it look. <laughs> people are just like, oh shit, I can just talk with my friends and I can get and millions of people. It's like, well, no, there was a lot of things that worked out really well for him, but it's like 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I, I don't really listen to podcasts that much anymore. I just kind of listen to music because what I would find is like listen to podcasts where you have to kind of really listen and pay attention. And you'll come, even like you and Zach, like it's like, okay, I got to like kind of process what they're you saying invest, and stuff. It's, yeah. yeah. And then I would, you know, be on a bike ride listening and I'd like zone out. I'm like, oh, fuck, I missed what they were saying. Whereas with music, it's just like, oh, I can just zone out if i'm not paying attention to the music it's not like oh i missed that one that chorus oh well you know it's it's a little easier to just kind of uh yeah and i you know one thing i look at too is um especially with joe rogan or any famous podcasters that do this and they all do it is they create clips usually like 30 to like two minute in that yeah. range clips they get more views with those clips than they do their full episodes the because you sit around for three yeah, hours short, right short clips and and then they and then on top of that they cycle through it. So uh, not even a year later, they'll go and release the same damn clip. They'll re-release it. They might edit it slightly, but it's the same damn like clip of whatever was said, like some point made. Yeah. And it'll get another yeah, well, three, four million a views. It it's a highlight again. Yeah. yeah. So they just the regurgitation is yeah. just... It's yeah, and other people will take the clips and put it on their channel, and then it's just whether or not they're allowed to, but it, it, it just generates more interest. And yeah, it's finding that like short five minute because yeah, I don't I don't know the metrics like how many people actually listen to the whole three hours because I was at a point where I was trying to listen to every episode and it's, it's exhausting. I can't. And that's the thing too with I think you and Zach like the, the shorter you guys can keep the conversations and and you and do maybe do some editing to try to cut out things that maybe aren't as interesting and such, but. I and even in this conversation, I'm acting like I know shit. I, I don't. No, know no, no. I'm. And, I think you're making a good point. Yeah, you know, I think I trying to be like more entertaining. Like I think of Barstool Sports and like the the clips I'll see from some of their podcasts where it's like these, you know, these like porn star girls talking with these like really mediocre like bros or like chubby guys who are just asking them about like their sexual experiences and yeah. women having podcasts where they talk a lot about like sex things that like people you know want to like talk about and, and whereas well, more, I, I like sex talk I think that's intellectual stuff like that's you know Jordan Peterson and his yeah. daughter and yeah. all those kinds of things so I, my my Instagram is basically that it's either Barstool Sports like you know pizza reviews or it's Jordan Peterson like making you know telling you don't if you roll your eyes and your marriage it means your marriage is over and it's, I don't know how it, it got to that and then just that's a bunch the of, algorithm and man. then cats and then yeah. like cat videos it's the weirdest oh that's why I you know like if you go on my TikTok just scroll through my TikTok it's extremely triggering political segments yeah. followed by ex- gigantic titties I mean just <laughs> immense and that's that's all it is is back to back yeah you know, and then a little humor sprinkled in here, there, and a couple fail videos, couple couple MMA fights. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, those clips are good. Yeah, it's just the, the the attention span ever since Vine started. You know, the whole idea of short clips, and even TikTok now, if the video is like more than like fifteen seconds, or I see the little bar on the bottom, that means it's going to be a little longer than like the five or six seconds. You I'm know, like, oh my god, I can't watch this. This is too long. I don't mind a longer video like a three minute video if it's a full video do you know what really offends part, me yeah, parts part one, fuck part two, that part shit yeah. dude i swipe right away and i it's, wish yeah. i wish there was a downvote or like some way to like yeah. other than like directly tell the algorithm like look alien ai Probably i don't like this yes but yeah it, that's and once again you know treat it's marketing you know, oh yeah get you to go to part two and it's like but, but they uh, all do that like who who really comes back to, to, I, I don't know i'd rather live with i would the like mystery. to talk with someone who's addicted to parts i yeah, would like I to wanna, know yeah i would i'd rather live with the mystery of never knowing what happened than give into that kind of plus so much shit is fake it's so fake a lot of this like you know oh you know uh cop stop or you know and then this went wrong or like uh you know caught the girlfriend or the boyfriend bullshit you know pranks it's It's like i can't like yeah it's like i can't i don't trust anything yeah i don't so hard to you get caught up in it and then you realize oh maybe that 
you know, like, like I find that at work sometimes there's things that I get so caught up in the emotion of it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is this is is this real? What's happening? Is this there was you know, before I I, manipulated? What the fuck? You are <laughs> before I quit Reddit for the second time because uh, that place is just disgusting. It's just full of. Lefty angry loonies. single white men no yeah it's just nothing but simps and pussies and, and angry people and in, yeah it's just people with no spine i mean i always say lefty loonies because i mean i i'm left leaning myself with like a lot i'm very liberal actually in things i believe like i i support gay marriage i i believe in pro uh i'm um i'm i don't want to bring it up but basically i'm pro-life and pro-abortion i don't understand why you can't be both and i have an argument for that but anyway i'm very left-leaning <laughs> with a lot of things but Reddit is just ridiculous. Anyway, the point I wanted to make was one of my favorite Reddits was it was called Why Were They Filming? And that's the question you need to ask every time you're watching anything is why were they filming? Yeah. That that reveals almost almost 99% of the time that it's fake, if yeah. it is fake. And even I mean? like the security footage, like it's usually security footage. I'm like, all right, it's a little more legit. But even that, that's you just can stage Federico, anything. Fe- yeah, yeah, that's you can just, stage yeah. something in front of a, a, a security camera. And yeah. then, you know, like these guys it's on YouTube media. who who go and they give the homeless person a hundred bucks or they, you know, ask for, hey, like, could you give me some of your groceries? And then they do. And then they're like, here's a hundred bucks. Like even that kind of stuff where they're like, they're, they're playing. Once again, they play with your emotions to, to try to get yeah. likes because look, I'm helping this homeless person and. Which, I mean, at least they're, I guess they're helping some. Well, listen but. to uh, a, one of my favorite, or a really good, I should say, uh, Joe Rogan podcast was with Mr. Beast. That young, that guy's uh, yeah, like, I still got to watch I, it. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he was a millionaire in his early 20s, like, hundred, you know, multi-millionaire. He's happy. He seems to be pretty <laughs> fucking happy to me. But, I mean, he does a lot of, like, altruistic charitable things yeah. but it's pennies out of his pocket yeah you know what i mean and i i i believe him when he says you know it all goes back into what he does but it's like yeah but not all you know what i mean like yeah. there's yeah you dress down you live in a simple house but somewhere behind somewhere in the shadow of your personality is that bank account that yeah. real bank account yeah, see how high you're gonna make yeah it, because yeah. at some point but i do like that shit's... i do like when people don't flaunt their wealth and then spend all their money on stupid wow. shit and yeah I, I don't know see it depends like uh like i really love the dan vilzerian of the world I, I, I and i like i really like dan bilzerian i i, I would live that way i would if, yeah. I, if, I was, if i had money that's when i watch dan bilzerian that's just my brain going oh if only you know what i mean well and they're bold too because they know they can maintain they can keep working hard and, and maintain that because i think there's always that romantic idea anyone who you know has any idea of like oh someday i'll retire you know the idea of making enough money so and I and early retirement. My brother has several friends who like they want to get re- they want to retire by the time they're like forty five or fifty, which is I'm like why? To me, it's like as an yeah. actor, I'm like I'm always gonna perform. Like when I'm sixty five, I'm not retiring. That's when I'll probably get the better roles. I can play some crazy like old guy, you know, and dude. Stuff. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, this romantic idea of like make enough money and then I don't have to do anything, and it's like wh- that just. If you really think about that, would do nothing, or or maybe they'll. You know, I think, and I think these people. I think some people early, have they that. want to just do something for fun, where they don't have to worry about the money, which I get. Like for acting, like you guys interviewed Dave Gordon. Dave Gordon's got it right. He's got a, a full time job that he you know does well at because he excels at everything because he puts his, his his hardest work into it, and then you know, and then on the weekends or on nights he comes and you know performs, and 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 it's that's that's and that's seeing all these actors who try to make it a full time thing. 
and they're miserable because they have to just accept anything so that you can make some yeah, money. Yeah, because where where is your workflow? Where is your ethic? Where you have yeah. nothing, you, especially it's if you're yes just starting out. I mean, you can't yeah, you have no structure. Yeah, fun. Yeah. That's why I admire him. He, he does it and he enjoys it. And it's not, and that's why I, I ended up where I am now because I think just the prospect of auditioning and having to just take anything so I can make ends meet. And there's a lot of famous actors out there who did say no to stuff, so it did delay their rise to fame. But I think the the longer it takes you to get to that level, I think the the better chance you have of staying there. It's the people who become famous overnight who just then all of a sudden just plummet, and you never hear about them again. Mm. You there has you know Mark Ruffalo was I mean doing waiting tables busting ass for like 15 years or something, 20 years, and getting stuff here and there. And you know it's not like oh that means when I'm 45 I'll make it big. No, you still got to put some time in and some work. Like Rodney Dangerfield spent 20 years. What, I mean, you know, mo- a, a his first salesman, and, but yeah, he writes jokes Florida, all the yeah. time, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. To prepare during that time. No, yeah, his his uh, his autobiography is, was a great read. Oh, I love, yeah. I'm, he had, uh, recommended that to me. Yeah, he had a closet full of, of jokes for like 20 years that yeah. he just, he, every, he wrote on, and I used to do this with poetry, He's, you know, like cocktail napkins and shit like that. Yeah. So that's what he did with jokes. He just wrote on cocktail napkins or receipts, and he kept it in shoeboxes in his closet. And um, it came to a point where... Um, uh, his, you know, it was just a joke in the family. Like people, his wife arguing that he always had it around. It was taking up space, and then just like a lightning strike out of the blue, a guy from his past in his twenties who used to we used to work with in the cat skills at, a, at a, like a vaudeville act or whatever, um, contacted him and asked him if he'd still be interested. He's like, he's you know, things are dying. He's trying everything he can to like get things up and running again. And he put he put Rodney came down for a weekend. It went really well, and he, he felt the felt the scratch again, the itch again, yeah. and they got back into it. And then he exploded. And once once um, uh, he did a movie like he, his climb to flame was pretty good because he did Caddyshack. I don't know what order he did this in, but he did a movie called Easy Money, which is really funny. But that's not the iconic Dangerfield necessarily. Yeah. Uh, right, I ca- yeah he Caddyshack and Back to School. Though that's nice. iconic yeah, Danger, and that's like my one of my favorite all time comedies is Back to School. I love that, that movie. Is a good one. Yeah, we only have three copies of it at work. I know. I think two of them are mine. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I think one I got from a Seven Eleven. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for you, I, I, and we, I was thinking this watching the amateur comedy night. I was like, you know, and my wife and I both agreed. Like, Marco should be doing this. Like, finding open mic stuff, going up, trying some stuff. Because I know you would work. You wouldn't be one of those people who just ah, oh, I'll just go up and see what happens. Like, no, you would I would work never, on yeah. stuff. You'd probably film it. You'd find out. You know, figure out what how it works you know because every crowd you go up in front of is going to be different trying to figure out you know what's a good balance of crowd work versus your own stuff and jokes versus observational stuff and you know and, and you, you're able to be very like mellow like a Louis C.K. thing but you can also go into those characters and those weird sort of things which I think you know but, but yeah for you voice you know voiceover work and, and, and stand up uh, comedian stuff like I really I, you know I, I think you really should I guess I'm gonna have to try that next that. Yeah, I'm just gonna write a, write a joke script you know like uh, something short less than 10 minutes or a 10 minute yeah and that's the thing they always say too like listening to Joe Rogan most of the time it's always comedians so I'm, I hear so much about it and I just uh, for me I just I think I'd be just <laughs> too scared to do it which is ironic because I go up and perform in front of hundreds of people uh, on a regular basis but for some reason but with, with, with comedy and that free form where it's not there's no lines and I can just like when I'm with a crowd, like I'll do improv and stuff with them. But even that, I'm a character. I'm not me. If I'm Cameron Brown up on the stage, like I, I feel like if I ever did stand up, I would want to be one of those kind of gimmick guys where I'm like 
a character and you know like uh bobcat goldthwaite where you know yeah. he's like no yeah. he does and this guy just does ah! and yeah and it's exhausting yeah. and like now i think he just is comedy like as a normal person he's boring now yeah yeah it was just like hard but you have those crazy people like sam kinnison and it's like you know i feel like that's a good way to break in and have a gimmick because there's so many comedians now it's just so boring they're like they're very boring yeah, yeah so um i'm working with you know it's almost like cool to be really non-expressive and like not express emotions and then you'll see someone who's just like goofy and like super over the top and it's like i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i just enjoy no that. i agree with you like because i do fi- like um uh who's that guy that's on he he's on joe rogan a, few, a couple times and now he's got his own popular he's a comedian uh, dylan not Tim Dillon. Tim uh, Dillon. This guy's got a like a, he's dark haired with a dark mustache. He's kind of offensive and like very uppity. I forget his name. Not he's Chris, got a popular Chris podcast Dillon. now because Joe Rogan was on his podcast. As yeah. a matter of fact, anyway. Oh 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 um 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 Nate or Andrew Schultz. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the guy. Yeah. So I think he's funny, but I agree with you that he if he had more character in his act, you know, like but like he is, a gimmick. He's very high energy though. That's what and, yeah. and he does. His crowd work is great. He's got clips on YouTube. Just that's what work. I mostly watch. His crowd work is like, really good because he's, he's like heckler shit. Yeah, like he's really good with that kind of stuff. All right, Camden. Just as a final thought, what would you like to say to our listeners? It can be anything you want. It can be a bad joke. It can be good advice. It can be an insult. You what? say listeners or listener? Yeah, our listener. Yeah. Like, oh, our there we go. All right, folks. Can each one wherever you are. Um, about movies and stuff? Anything. Give us your words of wisdom words or of, lack thereof. I'm just not even at a level. I'm 32. I can't be giving anyone wisdom. I just say, you know, watch what you want to watch and don't feel pressured. to. I know I feel pressured to try to keep up with all these TV shows and movies and, and stuff. But just, you know, what, when you get a chance to watch something, really try to just give in and, and I think what can really help or, you know, take an edible or have a couple drinks or, you know, do some uh, other kind of drugs that will make you put you kind of in almost a childlike wonder-like state where you can really just appreciate. That's why I like seeing movies in the movie theater. I, I'm in the dark. I am, I'm completely focused. I don't have my phone on. Like I'm just, I can absorb. So when you, when you are going to go experience a story, uh, just really give your all. Just really put yourself all into it, and don't don't be distracted. And 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 if it and if it doesn't good, and then and then it's like okay, yeah, you can be mad. You you gave your time and your money to see that, but at least you were fully invested in it. Kind of like life. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, that also helps. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're still listening, then please consider supporting the show. We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with AudioPong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have have a metal metal life. life.